My name is Keith Beavers, and the largest amount of dogs to attend the screening of a film was 120 pups at the screening in Brazil of The Secret Life of Pets 2. Can we do that in America, and can I get a ticket, please? What's going on, wine lovers from the Vibe Pair Podcasting Studio? This is the Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I'm a tastings director of Vampire. How you doing? Today, we're going to get down into the vineyard and get gross. But that grotesqueness turns into awesomeness, but almost always, sometimes not. It's called Novarat. Let's get into it. Today's episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Oren Swift. In Napa Valley... Cabernet Sauvignon reigns supreme. Known for its big, bold, aged over 30 years entry into the category, the Palmero Cabernet Sauvignon by Oren Swift is a defining example of the striking, powerful style Napa is known for. So I don't know where you are in your Wine 101 listening. I don't know if you've been listening since season one or if you're bopping around, which is totally cool. But no matter what, I think you guys know that it is tough out there in nature for grapes. It's tough. And we've talked a lot about the things that can happen in the vineyard and how hard it is for humans to just not really either control or just kind of keep nature in balance so that the grapes that grow are healthy enough to make good wine. It's crazy out there. There's all these diseases that infect grapes, the cuts in the wood, there's insects, It's nuts. Well, there's this one form of disease. It's called bunch rot. That kind of self-explanatory, right? It's a bunch of grapes and it rots. And this disease is caused by a fungus by the name of, get ready for it, Botrytinin fucliana. (laughs) It's a crazy name. And it comes in different forms, but only one form exists for our purposes in vineyards. And it's called Botrytis cinera. That word cinera, we'll get back to in a second. So in these temperate climates, it lives on dying plant tissue as what's called a saprophyte or a fungus that is living off the sap of dying plant tissue. And it lies in wait for the right conditions to attack the grapes. And as the humidity of summer works its way into fall or autumn, the Botrytis cinera seeks out the weaknesses in grapes, whether they've been pecked by birds, insects, or just any kind of weather damage. If there's a crack in the skin, that's where it wants to go. And as the humidity rises, it starts to wake up, get into these grapes. It's called a primary invader. It's one of the first things to invade the grape because after it invades, all these other things can get in and just ruin the grape which are called secondary invaders. And as humidity and cloudiness continues, the fungus gets inside the grapes and begins to spread. And it looks like a dusty, kind of ashy, gray 
just like, like gray ash almost. And that's why they call it Botrytis cinera. Cinera is Latin for ash. And this can be disastrous for a vineyard. And this form of bunch rot is called gray rot. It's bad. But, and this is where nature is so fascinating, it kind of cracks your brain. Botrytis cinera does not only attack damaged berries, it can also attack healthy, ripe berries. But there's a caveat here. If these early morning mists and this humidity burn off with the sun during the day, it halts the, pro the progression of the development of Botrytis cinera so that it will not go all the way to gray rot. But what happens is this fungus still does attack the berries, but as a primary invader, it does something so fascinating. It creates these brown, very small, almost minute brown spots on the berries. They're called filaments. And what they are, they're, they're kind of like lesions, but they protect the berry from harmful microorganisms getting in. So it's basically the fungus going, hey, I'm, this is my berry. I'm going to mark my territory. No one can come in. And when I'm ready, I'm going to eat. <laughs> crazy. And so if these temperate climates have this just right condition, I don't want to call it Goldilocks, but it's pretty close. And if the humidity dry, the humidity burns off and there's sun and it, and it halts the progression of this gradually the progression of this fungus as the berry goes from green to golden to pink, the fungus works its way into the berries until the color of these berries turn brown and they become almost like a moist raisin. And from initial infection until the brown moist raisin phase, that could take up to 15 days, but that's like a little bit more than two weeks. That's pretty quick. This fungus is hungry. And now we're in a situation where because of the sun, because of the drying of the humidity, we're not dealing with gray rot here. We're dealing with something a little bit different, a different kind of developing fungus within the Botrytis cinera. <laughs> and what's happening inside these grapes is the grapes are losing a ton of water content. And this is due to the evaporation of, because, you know, as these grapes do get affected by the Botrytis cinera, even if they're healthy, they start to crack and they lose through evaporation or the work of the hungry fungus. It basically loses about half of its water content. And once the fungus gets past the skin of the grape, it starts to feed off the sugar in the grape somewhat, but mostly it feeds off the acid in the grape. It depletes the grape to about a third of the sugar, but depletes its acid by 70%, the total acid of the entire grape. That's a lot. I'd call that a real moist raisin. 
And as it eats the sugar, it metabolizes it, it creates new chemical compounds within the grape. Glycerol, acetic acid, gluconic acid. It also creates these two enzymes, leucase and pectinase. Leucase is the browning enzyme, so that's how the grape gets brown. And pectinase is a enzyme that breaks down pectin, which is the, 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 the binding agent within fruit. It also breaks down phenolics like tannin. Now, this is a fungus that primarily affects white wine grapes. It can affect red wine grapes, but mostly white wine grapes. And so it literally just breaks down any tannin available in the variety if it's like whatever's there, which is really not much in the first place. And also develops a compound called sotalon, which in wine gives us that sweet sort of cured tobacco hazelnut vibe. And again, this is not gray rot which is considered the malevolent fungus development of Botrytis cinerae. This is the benevolent development of Botrytis cinerae. This is what is known as noble rot, or as the Italians call it, muffa. I just like that word a lot. Now, the thing about noble rot, the thing about Botrytis cinerae, is if you look at a vineyard and you're seeing fog and sun, you know it's going to happen. It doesn't all happen uniformly. This is nature. Nature happens when it happens. So it's a very erratic process over a five to 15 day period after this, when this fungus starts to, um, to build. So if a vineyard is attacked by noble rot and the beneficial benevolent fungus, there are Winemaker, vine growers do multiple passes through the vineyard trying to grab it at the optimum infection. It's such a crazy way to even think about this, but it's true. Now, the thing about this is this, this fungus does deplete the acid of a, of a grape, but it doesn't always affect the entire grape. So what happens is, is they collect the botrytis-infected noble rot grapes, the moist raisins. And they also grab the bunches of the grapes that are of the bunch, because not all, not all the bunches affected that those two, and they ferment the moist raisins with the berries that have not been infected. And that's where some acidity comes in. And the result of this is some of the most age worthy wine in the world. This is, if you've listened to the Bordeaux episode, um, the dessert, or I think he did a sweet wine episode. <laughs> this is Sauternes, the wine region in Bordeaux. This is Chateau Yquem, the most famous dessert wine in the world that can age for years and decades and decades. It's just the most fascinating nature thing that this little fungus, this little support saprophyte that hangs out on the dead dying plant tissues can infect a berry and do what it does create chemical compounds and enzymes that will then translate into a beautiful balanced sweet dessert wine with high acid and notes of hazelnut what because, like, if it's hot and dry and not humid, the fungus just hangs out as a, as a saprophyte. It's like, I'm going to be a saprophyte until I get some humid humidity here. When am I going to eat? I'm going to live off the sap of this dying tissue 
until it gets humid and I can walk over here and start messing around with this grape. <laughs> it's just nuts. And so Botrytis cinerea, the disease is the one disease in all of wine really that has the greatest effect on the quality of wine. A lot of other diseases hit the vines. This goes straight for the grape. And if it gets out of hand, it turns into gray rot. And what's really interesting is gray rot still does develop during this process. Just because noble rot is being formed, it doesn't mean that there is some gray rot around. So as they pass through these vineyards and try to grab it at optimal infection and grab the, the berries that have gone through Verizon and are ripe and ready, there is gray rot in the vineyard. So that during these multiple passes, they have to drop the gray rot so it doesn't affect the rest of the bunches while they're doing different passes through the vines. This is crazy because this is wine and this is all developed through trial and error, human observation, maybe some mistakes. It's just the most wild thing that humans figured this out. I'm pretty sure it was monks. They had a lot of time, but it's not just in Bordeaux. There's the Tokai in Hungary, very famous, old school, bunch of legends about how that happened over there. Something about the invasion of the Turks and the vines had to, had to like hang for longer because of, a, of, a, of an invasion. And then throughout places, throughout Europe, like um, in Germany, Botrytis has been a thing for a little while, mostly in the Rheingau, um, but things have changed a lot there. There's... Italy and Spain are kind of messing around with it, but Italy and Spain like to dry their grapes out. They don't really go for that Botrytis cinera, but there are places that, that do it, but it's not really on this market. Here, you're going to find Tokayi, and you're going to find Sauterne in all of its different forms. And if you want to know more about the Sauterne region, go ahead and listen to my Bordeaux episode. I think it was in season one. So that's Noble Rot in a nutshell. I love talking about nature science <laughs> so much. Next week, we're going to talk about a word that has a few meanings and is a little bit confusing, and you may have been heard it around, and we have to talk about it. But we'll talk next week. Vine Pair Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout-out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. E&J Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pair's Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.